This episode of The Cutting Room is sponsored by Grass Valley's Edius 6. Check out the new Edius 6 at www.grassvalley.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? I'm Gordon Burkell, and this is The Cutting Room. Today is part two of my interview with Danny Cooper. Danny's worked on such projects as Australia, Beneath Hill 60, and Battlestar Galactica. Make sure to stick around after the interview to get your next forward film review clue, because no one got it this week, as well as find out where the pub is that we're going to be at for our pub night after Edit Fest. Now enjoy part two of my interview with Danny Cooper. Oliver, is that you? They formed a mining battalion. They're looking for miners and engineers. Well, not meaning it's good men. First and foremost. Joined up. Blasting away at it for a week. Or the wreck hit it make a bloody difference. We propose sinking a shaft right here. It's impossible. So I'm going to jump to Queen of the Damned. Okay. That's okay. Aaliyah died shortly after the making of this film. With a tragic event like this, it's always startling to the public, but the effect it had on her projects yet to be released uh, wasn't really discussed. There was still dubbing or ADR outstanding for her character at this time. So what effects did this have on the editing of the film? Well, most of her major dialogue scenes were shot on beaches. So we did need to ADR her. And also, there was absolutely no hope of doing any pickups or reshoots. Mm-hmm. So... That was a serious concern. So we basically had to work with what we had. It didn't change the story in any way, mm-hmm. um, but it was a very, a, it was a very upsetting thing to have happen for everybody. Oh, for sure. Very upsetting. Yeah. It was based on an Anne Rice book. Was there any pressure in the editing room to live up to Anne Rice's past movies or books? Uh, yes, there was, but, and that was a personal pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Michael and I were very, very enamoured with. Um, the first film. In some of the areas, you know, like violin playing on the beach and scenes with Marius, you can see where we were trying to create the same kind of movie. One scene that really stood out for me, and it sort of set a style um, or an approach for the rest of the film, was the moment where they go in and Aaliyah turns from stone into Aaliyah or into her character, sorry. So Lestat could drink her blood. And there's, it's sort of got these flashes and rapid cuts and, and jumps. I was wondering how you approached cutting this scene because it's, it doesn't rely heavily on effects. It relies more on the cutting. I think there was a more of an organic approach taken through the whole film to things like that. For example, when he drinks her blood, there's a sort of sequence that we made and it's almost made out of like super eight material. Oh. I don't think it was ever envisioned as a visual effect. We just did it with little flash cuts and okay. things just evolve sometimes. Yeah. And that was one of the things that evolved. I have to say I've learned a lot since then. Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, every film you do, uh, you develop your craft. You've worked on television and on feature films. Do you enjoy working between the two mediums or is there one that you prefer? Well, I prefer working on feature films. Mm-hmm. 
But I have to say that of all the television I've done, I really enjoyed working on Battlestar Galactica because yeah. it was a very, very exciting project. And it grew to be something fantastic. Like, it went for four seasons. I was only on for the miniseries in season one. Mm -hmm. But I'm very proud of how it developed. And, you know, the season finale was great. So. Well, how did you get involved with Battlestar Galactica? Again, a directorial thing. Michael Reimer was directing it and asked me to come over and I did. <laughs> we, again, we did that We did that in Vancouver. Okay. And what was the most interesting or challenging scene you cut in Battlestar Galactica and why was that? I think it was the integration of number six with Baltar. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't difficult to cut, but coming up with the concept of she's in his head, but she's there in, on the screen yeah. was something that was a little bit of a, you know, a mind rattle at mm -hmm. the time. It was directed to be cut the way it was cut, but mm -hmm. it just sort of, one day we just got it, you know. Mm -hmm. I think um, my assistant on the show was Jason Dale and I'd given him a scene to cut and he had one of the number six scenes and I had the other one and somehow between us we just sort of found a way of having her be a voice in his head but at the same time be on screen and so you know on one side of the shot she's there on the other side when you cross the cross mm -hmm. the line or go to the close-up or something she's there when you go out wide she's not there and that yeah. that's probably was the trickiest thing about the whole show was that and making that feel believable and surprising and fun <laughs> you know <laughs> and i i mean i really was very fond of the Baltar character i thought it was really funny He's, an interesting, he's got a lot of interesting issues to... Yeah, overcome. yeah, yeah. He's very, very warm and complex. So. Yeah. Now, in the... And I noticed in the miniseries in particular, there's a lot of camera movement and a lot of sort of following the story with the camera. What did you learn cutting these camera movements during dialogue scenes? What I learned was you embrace it. I sort of can't really recall how I... I mean, I, I really enjoyed cutting with all that camera move, but... What I tried to do in the miniseries is make it as seamless as possible so it wasn't jarring. And that meant going, I mean, the, the movement quite often enhanced the performance. Yeah. It got more frenetic when we moved into season one. I think 33, which was the first episode of season one, had a lot of that, you know, moving off people as they're talking, moving on to people. And, and you just embrace it and try and use it so that it adds to the show. I mean, there's, you, you, you could have cut around it if you wanted to, but... That was not the style of the show. We didn't really want to do that. Well, we're, we're in particular where it stands out, and I'm not too sure if you worked on these scenes, but is where they're gambling in the miniseries near the start. Yeah, yeah. That, well, yeah. that was that. That's a true to the scene. I really like that yeah. scene. That's the introduction of Starbuck, really. Yeah. And she's one of my favorite characters. I mean, that was a sort of steady cam round the round table, like it was a yeah. circle shot. And yes, I, we did a couple of versions of that scene. Oh, really? Was there was yeah. there trouble cutting it because of the moves? No, 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 just... no trouble cutting it. Just picking the right performance. I mean, because not only do you need to choose the performance, which is, I mean, the thing about Battlestar Galactica is it's performance driven. Mm -hmm. So every choice is about the performance with, that you make when you're cutting, but hoping that you'll get a, another piece that will work with it. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> mining the material to find those pieces. Yeah. Did you try and match like the movements of the people in the camera or is it just mostly? I tried to make it as continuous as possible, but okay. I'm not, I'm not a total obsessive about matching continuity I think it's yeah. the emotion of the cut you know like Walter yeah. says it's the last reason to make a cut if your eye I mean and this is I mean the thing is that you're hoping that the audience's eye is where your eye is mm -hmm. and then the cut will be seamless I've often wondered you know about that how many 
where people's eyes go on the frame. Can you always assume that their eye is going to go where your eye is? And, and you know, that's why you show it to lots of people. Yeah. It's not, the cuts are not the most important yeah. thing. What's important is what's between the cuts. Well, exactly. In the story, right? Like the yeah. cut should be seamless so that people aren't pulled out of the story. Now, in the, in the scenes where there's the dog fights in space, there was a lot of green screen work. How did you approach cutting these scenes and make sure that the timing was right for the whole show, even though you might not have the background plates? Well, Michael and I worked very heavily with Gary Hutzel, the visual effects supervisor. And there, were a lot of, there was a lot of talking, for example, in my first cut of the show, when it got to the final big finale battle, I just put in a slug that said battle sequence here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we started from scratch. So we had shots of the actors inside spaceships with green screen. And then there were CGI elements that were built of ships moving. And basically Gary and Michael and I would sit down and talk about it. And then Gary would go away and he would draw up a series of previouses and sometimes they had little balloons on them that said bang (laughs) sometimes they didn't I mean this was 2003 so we would cut the slugs in and we would sort of put the dialogue in with it Mm -hmm. and work it from there and then we would talk to Gary and Michael would say no I think it needs to sort of zoom in here or crash zoom here or whatever and then Gary would do that and it's a very collaborative situation yeah so that's how we ended up with the, the final thing. Wow. Each of the characters have very personal issues that they sort of have to struggle through or they have to face throughout the series. How did you work with the footage to make sure that the emotional moments were met and were realized and believable, but yet you're, you're juxtaposed with spaceships and robots and stuff like this? How did you approach sort of balancing this so it was believable for the audience? Well, I think that starts with a very a good script mm-hmm. and then good direction of performance so performances were very real mm-hmm. so what what I was good at was in, in my part in the whole thing was in helping choose those performances you know mm-hmm. being able to pick when when I saw truth on screen or not and and creating the emotion is well it's there on the screen you just need to put it there so people can <laughs> relate to it <laughs> Do you know what I mean I, yeah. I it, it's like I can see it so I put it there, and there's various ways of manipulating it to heighten it or, or pull it back mm. if you want to, but you've got to have it in the first place, and you've got to be able to recognize it. But I think it, the reason it works so well is because they're very raw and true performances, and, and, and I just sort of plucked out the moments. So my last question for you was going to be, and this, I asked this of all the editors, is that what's your favorite guilty pleasure film? Well, there's a couple of answers to that. One of my favorite films of all time, which I re-watch over and over again because my father showed it to me when I was seven, is The Seven Samurai. Um, But recently, I tend to always go back to Sideways, you know, the Alexander Payne film. If I'm feeling depressed, I'll watch Sideways, which I love. (laughs) Or uh, the the last couple of... um, Weeks I've been watching lots and lots of Russell Brand films, oh, yeah. <laughs> all those Judd Apatow comedies. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for letting me interview you. No, no problem. So that was my interview with Danny Cooper. With me now is Lauren. Hi. So Lauren. Yes. Forward film review. Yeah. No one got it this week. Certainly did not. I didn't get it this week. Lots of people actually. There are a bunch of people emailed in about the word heard. Yes, uh, because one of the things that I found with the forward film review is um, 
typically you need to think about the multiple different spellings of all the words within the four words because that's typically where the hint is is that it's actually a synonym from what you're expecting it to be so it's important that people are clarifying what kind of herd we're talking about and it's h-e-r-d as in a herd of yeah or maybe or not editors you. going a, to a herd of editors yeah. yay okay so now we're going to get into the pub night in a sec so let's do yeah sorry let's that was do a, quick a follow-up yep uh so what's the follow-up forward to add to this to help people get this forward film review and remember it's to win a beautiful art of the guillotine shirt Yes, available in the shop on artoftheguillotine.com or aotg.com. And you can also see all, all your options on cafepress.com slash the film shop. And that's not the film shop Old English. It's just the plain old film shop, S-H-O-P. And the new clue, if you think that you are so smart that you can guess this and get the t-shirt without paying for it, um, the new one is English woman imbues strine wine. An English woman is one word. It is. So don't don't be telling me that we did a five word film review. We did not. Yeah. Didn't know English woman was one word, but I also don't really know what strine means. Yeah. But I'm definitely <laughs> going to we'll look at an email explaining it. I'm well. sure someone's going to say, "How do you not know what that is?" But because I didn't know what that was, I. Still did not get what this one was because I asked Gordon not to tell me. And finally, um, after some prodding and hinting, I figured it out. Now, what Lauren and I have talked about just literally minutes ago. Oh, hot off the press. I don't know yeah. what he's going to say. Um, if no one gets it oh, in four go. guesses, yeah. in four clues, then we're going to retire this one. Yeah. Uh, which At which point we'll give it away. But someone's got to earn this shirt. That's English woman, one word, imbues strine wine. So you should all even just randomly try guessing. And I'll even give you an extra clue. It's a film, <laughs> for sure. It's not a very old film. And uh, if you would like to take a stab at it, then you know all the different ways to contact us. But it's info at artoftheguillotine.com, facebook.com slash artguillotine, or on Twitter, twitter.com slash artguillotine. And we'll put the forward film review up on Facebook so you can check it out at our Facebook group. Fantastic. So, but that brings us to the more exciting thing that everyone is waiting to hear about oh my gosh they are just flipping out it's and we've got exciting news about the pub night in la Ugh. so get your calendars out all flutter sharpen your pencils yeah actually let's make it a pen so you can't rub it out no because this is solid this is a firm date people mm. get ready so august 7th 8 30 p.m the Fox and Hounds English Pub in LA, in Studio City. The address is 11100 Ventura Boulevard. That's the Fox and Hounds English Pub at 11100 Ventura Boulevard. Now I'm gonna be putting this on the website. Um, this is the one tea time in history slash pub that is going to be the bomb diggity. The bomb diggity and we're and and if if you're you know 
not from Canada. Um, that is not something that's popular in Canada. That is something we are bringing back. So don't come to Toronto and be like, I heard that. Uh, do you know any places that are like uh, bomb diggity? Don't say that. You'll just be a big loser like us. So that is the big news that we've been holding back. Yeah. And I've sent out an email or two and we may have some special guests. So a past interviewee from Lots the cutting of room quotations in the air that you can't see but i'll let you know listeners yep. he's pretty excited i can't tell you who the special guest is because he's making sure his schedule fits so i actually don't even know who this is but yeah. i will find out afterwards that was our big news uh with the super secret possible surprise guest yeah um the not so secret awesome guest is me Yes. <laughs> I'll be there. And um, bring your spouses and partners. They're welcome. Yeah. Because who am I going to They suffer through the editing phases with us. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you've ever made them listen to our podcast. <laughs> More like Boris podcast, but I'm taking ownership also. Yeah. Well, maybe we might have a shirt to give out. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Not to everyone, but to a winner. We'll have a forward film review live. Woo! And maybe as we get closer to uh, the big day, we can come up with, you know, a way that people will recognize us. Because you can find Gord online if you look real hard. But, um, and you can find me too, frankly. But um, maybe we should both wear, like, red carnations on our lapels or something. Mm-hmm. So, Lauren, I'm excited because in August we're going to be releasing a new system on Art of the Guillotine too. Oh my lord! Uh, and so we've been working really hard. Yes, late you nights. Have. Uh, and a shout out. I think we should take this opportunity. I know I've been doing a lot of tangential work here, but um, I think we should take a second to do a shout out to Richard. Yes. Who is your fantastic um, behind the scenes man? Yes. Who works on coding for the website. Yes. And he's awesome and he does lots of long hours. And then also, just while we're at it, Tej and Nina are awesome too. Yes. And everybody send them praise. Yeah. Without Richard, the site would still be just HTML. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or emails. Yeah. Yep. But part of this is uh, a couple of exciting things. Uh, today, I spent several hours with uh, CERT which is the Screen Institute Research and Training Center. And they sat me down and we examined 3D technology, but with the main focus of techniques that they found editors discovering as they're cutting. So these are new ideas in how to affect an audience through 3D. So it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've so recorded it, it. It's way over my head. When it sounds as though, and this is the first time I'm hearing about it, because so, this is so in the moment, but it sounds as though, for once, it's researchers that are in the field getting the information from the mouth of the editor, exactly. as opposed to you know waxing philosophic when not in the edit suite. And they are working on building workflows for post. So they've actually, they're going to be sending me some mm-hmm. to post on the site. And they're also, uh, their main focus though is they're not too happy with a lot of the bad 3D that's out there. Mm-hmm. And so one of Who their- Who is? 
frankly. So one of their goals is to meet with the people who've been successful with 3D and really learn the techniques that these people have discovered. And you being know. someone that is not in the industry, um, I would imagine that the importance is to get that information out to the producers as opposed to the editors because it's the producers that are dictating how much money the editors have to work with. Yeah. Yeah, so look for that article late August, early September. Yep. But it'll be part of our big launch for the new system. Yep. Uh, oh, and big news. Um, the next Cutting Room episode is going to be in 3D. <laughs> it's uh, still audio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we're going to be doing a big push with this stuff and got some great ideas and oops, got some great ideas from the Research Institute and from Paul Day coming to you guys. And send in your comments, your feedback, or what other things you're interested in. And if there's anyone that you know that you think would be awesome for Gore to interview or to connect with or whatever, um, you know, we're always looking for connections and um, more people that we can hang with. Yeah, but more people that, that can use are the guillotine as kind of a soapbox to um, spread the word on their techniques and their feelings about the industry. Yeah, and for the pub night, bring as many people as you can with you because my biggest fear is two people are going to be there. And it's going to be you and me, baby. <laughs> We're going to get drunk together. I'll get you a free drink. <laughs> yeah. And I'll get you a free drink. And essentially, we'll be buying one drink each. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> I think with that, we're going to have to wrap up our episode. Yeah. So I'd like to thank my producer, Lauren Woodcock. I definitely want to Burkel, thank... Raquel. Gordon. Raquel. I definitely want to thank the Australian screen editors who've been working overtime to get information and techniques to me uh, for our video series and for our cutting room. I also want to thank Sasha Dillon Bell who's been working overtime cutting this stuff for us uh, in Australia. He's been cutting the Australian videos, I believe. Uh, without him, we wouldn't be getting that stuff. Uh, I'd also like to thank Danny Cooper who allowed me to interview her. I'm Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening.